We are here for a Locked On MLB crossover, and clearly the guy to my right, Bryce Patrick, host of Locked On Rangers, is going to be a lot happier than your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast, Ethan Smith, here on this Locked On crossover. And we get to do these more often now, Bryce. We've done crossovers in the past. They've had pretty good numbers. They've been very fun. But now we play each other every year, and we're going to talk about this series at length. We're going to talk about what went wrong for the Pirates and what went right for the Texas Rangers. But Bryce, first of all, your team is playing a lot better than mine. So how are you doing today, sir? Oh, I'm, I'm doing fantastic after the bullpen didn't finally didn't blow a game. Like that's honestly yeah. like, I'm, I'm so happy about that. I was, I was so nervous. Martin Perez goes seven innings and shout out to Will Smith on his 100th career save. Of course it comes in a five out save coming in with a base is loaded because Jose Leclerc got himself into a jam and a really bad jam. And Will Smith comes in. He hadn't pitched in what felt like forever because the Rangers either blow teams out or they blow late leads. That is just the only things that they do. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, man. Yeah. And I mean, for Pirates fans, as you would see in my uh, YouTube short that I had up on uh, Wednesday, at some point, they're going to not be able to make the excuse of being over 500. And they head to Seattle after this. And I just don't know what's going to happen. Um, the pitching still looks great for the Pittsburgh Pirates. You added that before we started recording that the pitching for both teams in this series, for all intents and purposes, starter-wise, was very good. Uh, Martin Perez basically had an identical stat line to the stat line that he had in the previous start, seven innings pitched, two earned runs. Uh, Oviedo, despite that terrible first inning, has a yet another very good start for himself, even though he didn't get the quality start tag that MLB loves to have with uh, six innings. He did indeed go five and two thirds and still have a pretty good outing. And I knew going into the series that this Rangers offense was good. And a lot of people that I've already seen in comments and everything about the Pirates say, well, it's the Rangers. They played against them very well. But these were winnable games for this Pittsburgh Pirates team. And if we're going to boil it down to anything for a tweet that you have not seen from me yet that I'm going to pull up on the screen here for everybody on YouTube, here is your recap of the Pittsburgh Pirates series, Bryce. Mischance after mischance after mischance after mischance after mischance. I just I got to the point where I just copied and pasted it because that's just what this was. I mentioned to you before we started that the Pirates and the Rangers were two of the best teams in baseball in April with runners in scoring position, and the Pirates were on a historic stretch with runners in scoring position. This game, in particular, bases loaded, two outs. So Winsky strikes out against the lefty. Shocker. Color me surprised. It, I'm not surprised. Then you look at just like the whole series in general. There was times where they get, a, like, in this game as well. Jason DeLay gets on second because Marcus Simeon gifts him second base by throwing the ball into the dugout. Of course, we know Simeon, when he came up here, our broadcast crew had to let everybody know about his 30-plus error season in Oakland when he first came up. Um, a lot better now than he has been in the past. He's fantastic. But then you do nothing with it. Nothing. First of all, Chris Owings is trying to sacrifice bunt four separate times in an at-bat rather than just swinging away. He pops up a bunt attempt. Then Reynolds and McCutcheon ground out, and you get nothing from it in a one-run loss. This is the kind of game for the Pirates that, with all due respect, and everybody knows when you say with all due respect, you don't have respect behind it, the Pirates should have won this game. This was a game that the Pirates ultimately should have won and should have 
taking advantage of the opportunities that were presented to them. But what did the Rangers do here throughout the, the entirety of this series that ultimately got them the series win despite the Pirates winning the first game? I mean, the Rangers did what they've done well all year. I mean, two out of your three you know, elements of a team, offense, starting pitching, bullpen. The Rangers have a fantastic offense. They have a fantastic starting rotation, and the bullpen is deeply questionable. So they rode some fantastic starting pitching performances. Nathan Ivaldi, the nine innings of one run ball in the six to one victory uh, on the middle game of this series. They got pretty good starting pitching from Dane Dunning. Who's been a revelation this year. He was just so good. And the Rangers did not expect him to be in the pen. Honestly, if the, team was entirely healthy he might be starting in triple a because the rangers made a trade for jake odorizzi who was going to be their sixth starter and he ended up not pitching at all this season he had a shoulder injury he is just done for the year he's not going to pitch at all so dane dunning came in as the long relief bullpen guy who would come in in relief of of jacob Degrom, whatever he would miss games and the rangers offense did just enough and thankfully they were able to get will smith who's literally their only trustworthy reliever at this point to come in and bail them out of a game that they absolutely should have lost in this one. I thought that maybe you throw Martin Perez out there for the eighth inning, see if you can get just like one batter, just see as many, as few outs as this pen can have to be, have to pitch. Like that is, that is the goal right now because they have a lot of guys who are majorly caliber relievers that are just all on a just terrible tear right now. Like Jose, the clerk, he's, he's a big league caliber arm. He is clearly in a bad way right now. Jonathan Hernandez has the best stuff in this pen. He is really lost right now. Brock Burke, who was one of the most trustworthy relievers in all of baseball last year, really quietly has not been nearly the same this year. And there's just, there's just no one else, man. It is, it is in such a rough way. So the offense did enough starting pitching did enough. And yeah. you know that's enough to keep you winning a lot of baseball games. Well, and that's one thing that I'll applaud uh, the Pirates bullpen today is Oviedo, of course, had a pretty good start. You see Robert Stevenson come in and strike out Marcus Simeon on three pitches. I was like, okay, he's had so, he's had a rough go of things lately. Uh, Big Z, I can never pronounce his last name, and I'm a Pirates fan, and I'm not going to attempt to because I'm never going to get it right. Uh, two, uh, two-thirds innings gives up the one hit. Of course, Moretta, who's one of the best – relief pitchers in all of baseball right now with inherited runners comes in for one and one third with two K's Holderman comes in. We had an immaculate inning from Johan Oviedo. So you can kind of get from the outside perspective, Bryce, that pitching is not the problem. It has just been the fact that the pirates offensively just this entire month have just not been able to do anything. And when you're playing a team like the Texas Rangers who field arguably the best offense in all of major league baseball, you can't do what the Pirates did and only score three runs in two combined game in two ga- uh, two games combined. They scored six in the uh, opener, but if it's not for Marcano's grand slam for the first time in his career, you score two runs in that game and you lose that game. I mean, you've had the blowups where they score eight runs against Detroit, thirteen against Arizona, but then it just seems like they win that game and then they don't know how to replicate it, and also. Didn't really help you guys too much either. You guys didn't really help us much um, by beating us. And then the Astros, of course, lose to the Brewers, which also inherently didn't help us. I believe while we're recording, the Brewers are also winning that game. So the Brewers are helping you guys, but they didn't help us. Thank you, Brewers. Yes. Um, But we'll talk about what went wrong and what went right more for both of these teams in this series. I could say one thing, Bryce, that's uh, at least good about today is that I'm comfortable 
I am comfortable because I am wearing my bird dog shorts right now. They are awesome. As you Same know, here, I, man. yeah, they're awesome. Uh, you can wear them on a date. You can wear them on the golf course. You can wear them to a business meeting. Uh, in Savannah, Georgia, it gets really humid around this time of year. So this is the perfect time to have these. They have a built-in liner. They're versatile. You know, they're a lot like the Rangers offense. They're comfortable where they're at. They're versatile and they get the job done. Um, you know, Burt Kreischer wakes up at his lake house sometimes wearing bird dogs, goes for a swim, smokes a cigar, grills burgers, and chills with his family, all in the shorts he associates with the summer. Um, yeah, college football nerds say they are the perfect pants for dads that have a little extra gut. Bird dogs makes them look great, feel comfortable. Uh, so if you want to feel comfortable, go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And when you enter the promo code locked on MLB, they'll throw in a custom bird dog style tumbler that I use every single day in every single order. So if you want to kind of finagle the system and get multiple tumblers with multiple orders, you can do that because that's what Bird Dogs is offering you with the code locked on MLB right now. Um, yeah. So the Pirates also get another chance to help you guys this weekend uh, against the Seattle Mariners. That should be interesting. Um, Talk about an Texas offense that's not doing a lot of things. The Mariners? Mariners, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who do the Rangers have next place? The Rangers head to Baltimore to play the Orioles. Y'all can catch every game for all of these weekend series on the Sirius XM app. Just download the SXM app and search either Rangers or Pirates. You can catch all the action with that hometown broadcast. But, man, this was this was a tough series. And this, this reminds me of the Rangers making a rare trip to Pittsburgh. The, do you remember the last time the Rangers and uh, Pirates played each other in – in Pittsburgh? Uh, in Pittsburgh? Mm-hmm. Wasn't too long ago, was it? Was it 2021? It was 2019. 2019? My first year covering this team on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Rangers and Pittsburgh played a two-game series. Uh, the Rangers lost the first game 4-5, to five, and they won the second game 9-6. to six. That was uh, back when Joey Gallo was on his MVP stuff, his in center field MVP stuff. I'll give you the lineup for those first couple of games. Just kind of show how different this team was. Rangers had Delano DeShields, Elvis Andrews, uh, Joey Gallo, Hunter Pence, Rugnet Odor in there, and the Pirates had Adam Frazier, Starling Marte, Gregory Polanco, Josh Bell, Brian Reynolds, Colin Moran, starting pitching matchup in that first one. This will really take you back. Adrian Sampson for the Rangers versus Stephen Brault. For the Pirates, that was these teams have come a long way since then. Uh, funny thing about Stephen Brault, I think he's actually playing in a baseball league now, but he's not a pitcher. He's an outfielder, huh. I believe. I think I saw a story about that. Somebody, I'm sure, in the comments will make sure that I'm okay with that. But um, going back to what went right and what went wrong here, the Pirates did do some things right. I mean, they ultimately pitched pretty well against one of the MLB's best offenses. I already mentioned that Oviedo had the second immaculate inning from a Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher this year. Uh, they are the only two guys right now to have um, immaculate innings in the year 2023. The last player to do it before them was Eniel De Los Santos for the Guardians in September of last year. So Oviedo and Holderman right now are the only two players to have immaculate innings this year. Facing Taylor Walls, Luke Rayley, Christian Bethencourt, Jonah Heim, Robbie Grossman, and Josh Smith. You know I'm going to make a Clippers joke because any team with Josh Smith on it is always going to haunt my nightmares, and that's exactly what the Rangers did here. Um, 
And I'm not going to completely act like the offense was just awful over the course of this series. I mean, even when you look at the one-run game, they still had six hits. They still had opportunities to score. They just couldn't take opportunities with runners in scoring position. Brian Reynolds did Brian Reynolds things. Marcano had his first grand slam. Even in today's game, they were hitting the ball fine. I mean, they had eight hits. They matched the Rangers' offense in hits. Uh, McCutcheon didn't do much out of the leadoff spot, which was a surprise. Uh, Hey, Santana, Rodolfo Castro, who just needs to play more, had two hits today. The Rangers side of things, I mean, again, Nathaniel Lowe, very bold decision by Derek Shelton, by the way, to intentionally walk Nathaniel Lowe to get to Adolis Garcia. I I could not believe it. I was like, you're going to walk the number three hitter to get to Adolis Garcia, who is the league, major league baseball leader in RBI. Like, really? And the AL leader in home runs. it, It worked. It worked. And it I worked. was like, okay. All yeah, right. and the Pirates broadcast was even talking about it, how they were saying uh, this is something that they want sometimes. This is something they look at before the game. But I was – very bold decision there. Um, but what do you, what are your takes on what went right and what went wrong here for the Rangers in this series? I mean, the Pirates stuff is pretty explanatory, I think. Yeah, I, I think that this was – I mean, one of the things you mentioned was, you know, the Pirates getting hits and getting runners on base. And this just feels like a very typical Martin Perez start. The thing that he did so well last year was he worked around traffic. Like, he was a guy who really pitched well with runners on base. Like, he allowed a lot of soft contact. He would allow quite a few hits. Like, his whip wasn't that impressive. He doesn't have, you know, really great strikeout stuff. But he was just starting to trust his stuff. Like, last year, nothing was that different. He wasn't throwing harder. He wasn't throwing a new pitch. He didn't have more movement on his stuff. He was just like, I've been in the big leagues for 10 years. I have the stuff to get these guys out, and I'm going to go do it. And he just freaking does. And that is him. I mean, seven innings, uh, six hits, two walks for him in this one. A lot of base runners, a lot of guys where you could you know, have some traffic and potentially get some big innings, but just typical Martin Perez and that he didn't let it get to him in years past. That had been a thing that had gotten to him. I mean, he had he'd been a, a very highly touted prospect coming up. He was with the Rangers, came up, I believe, when he was 20 years old. And, you know, a lot of times he'd, he'd have these really great outings, and then, like, one inning would just kind of spiral on him, and everything would just go out of control, and it would just be a big blow-up inning, and he, he just could not get the ship righted. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was as much the case when he was in Minnesota for a season or with Boston for a couple seasons. I mean, he ended up losing his spot in the Red Sox rotation before the Rangers signed him last year, and so I was, like, kind of meh on the signings. Like, all right, the Rangers needed some help in the rotation last year. They still needed even more help after signing Martin Perez. They needed a lot of help. In the rotation last year. That's why they bought an entirely new rotation this offseason. But this is just who Martin Perez is. He is a new guy. He is a very effective number three or number four starter in your rotation. And it just mm-hmm. kind of shows how far this Rangers rotation has come from last year. And I came away like I was really I'm really happy for any team who has been in the doldrums for a long time having a great start this season. That's what the Pirates are doing. And and I'm trusting it. I'm really trusting this team to be a decent competitive team. Maybe they don't end up winning the central. Maybe they do. I think the brewers will probably fall off a cliff and end up selling. And I hope that as, as someone who lived through the 2011 world series, I have eternal hate for the Cardinals as I'm sure Pittsburgh pirates fans do too. Um, But I'm a believer in this line. I'm a believer in this rotation. And I mean, the Rangers didn't even see Mitch Keller who, I mean, looking at his stats and and watching the occasional Mitch Keller start, like he's the, he's legit. Like, I don't think he's getting nearly enough love, you know, nationwide rangers fans who thankfully missed him in this one um in this series only got to face off against rich hill who 
didn't look like he was getting off to the best start of the season, but in his start, I was really impressed with Rich Hill. I mean, I feel like we yeah. should stop being surprised by him doing it every single year, but that's just what he does. He just does this and is, is pretty good. Yeah. And he's uh, picked things up in May. And what's interesting here too, is looking at just the box score here. The Pirates actually did a better job with runners in scoring position and not leaving men on base than the Rangers did today. That watching this game would not indicate that whatsoever. The Pirates were two for nine with runners in scoring position, um, left eight on base, while the Rangers were one for 11 and left 10 on base today. So that would not really speak to much. Um, But you mentioned Mitch Keller. He's a bright spot. The pitching is a bright spot for this team. It's just obvious that the pitching for this team is only going to get better. And as I also mentioned before we started recording, it looks like Vince Velasquez is going to get a start against Seattle this weekend, meaning that Luis Ortiz is probably going to be the benefactor of that. He's going to, well, not the benefactor. He'll probably be the casualty of that where he'll probably get sent back down to AAA, even though he also had an impressive start this series, which makes it very difficult. Um, I mean, it's just kind of a lot for the Pirates right now to make decisions with this rotation because nobody's pitching particularly bad. Um, Everybody's pitching pretty well. The bullpen's doing fine. Robert Stevenson, as I mentioned earlier, had a good bounce back, albeit it was just against Marcus Simeon. But it's Marcus Simeon who's playing it's, one of the. It's it's just against Marcus Simeon, the guy who yeah. leads Major League Baseball in WAR. Yeah, the guy, one of the arguably one of the better players in all of baseball right now, um, albeit that was his only batter he faced. But again, I mean, the Pirates are winless in a series right now in May. They have not won a series this year or this month. The only time they split a series was against the Detroit Tigers because it was two games. So. That is the only time they didn't lose a series this month. And moving forward, I mean, I just, you're 25 and 24. And you look like just looking at the standings for a second, the Rangers, of course, hold a three game lead at the time of recording on Houston. I think that'll extend with the way things are going in Milwaukee as we're recording. Actually, I think that means that that this game, that game is, has wrapped up because the Rangers were at two and a half right after immediately after the win. So I think that means that that game went final. Yeah, the Brewers won four to zero. So Thanks, the Brewers. Pirates are. But again, you mentioned that the Pirates, although the losing ways are where they are, they're still only two games behind Milwaukee. They're still three games up on the Cubs, three and a half up on the Cardinals, and four and a half up on the Reds right now. They've played good against the Reds. They've played good against the Cardinals. We literally have not played the Cubs or the Brewers yet this year. We don't play them until next month. That's because wild. of what, yeah, because of wonderful scheduling. But the Rangers also, I mean, right now the Rangers would be a first place baseball team in a typical year if it was not for Baltimore and Tampa Bay. Just yeah. to be honest with you, the way they're playing, the way things are rolling for them, all that good stuff. And the Rangers have spent a lot of money, Brace. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes spending money is not the greatest thing to do. In this scenario, it is. And people have monthly subscriptions all the time that they just forget about. I've been a person that's forgot about subscriptions before, albeit most of the time I use all of them, HBO Max, Netflix, Disney Plus. You know, everybody has subscriptions. Rocket Money, of course, can help you manage those subscriptions. And uh, if you don't want them, Rocket Money will delete them for you because 
you know, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Because over 80% of people have subscriptions they forget about, and chances are you might be one of them. Rocket Money will click uh, quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you. And for any you don't want to pay for anymore, just hit cancel, and they'll cancel it for you. And over 3 million people use Rocket Money every year, saving an average of $720. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB to save money monthly because everything is going up in price. So save your money where you can. So moving forward with both of these teams. I mean, the Pirates are in one of the worst divisions in baseball. So, I mean, they're still in it per se. But, I mean, you look at what they have to deal with over the next week and a half. Uh, They are at Seattle and at San Francisco. I have no earthly idea why the game on Monday against San Francisco is 5 o'clock in the afternoon Pacific time. Uh, or Eastern time. So it's a 2.05 start on the 29th, I guess, Memorial Day. Um, I guess that's it. And then 9.45 Eastern time and then 3.45. But what gets interesting for me is if the Pirates can somehow get out of May, just with the way they're playing, win two games in both of these series, and I'll be fine. You'll be a game under 500 or two games under 500. You get a St. Louis Cardinals team that you've already played well at home. You get an Oakland team that you should beat. You get a reeling Mets team that obviously these teams could be very different by the time these come. But then the biggest stretch I think the Pirates are going to have possibly all season getting really close to the All-Star break is in a three-month period or three-week period. You get the Cubs, the Brewers, the Cubs, the Marlins, San Diego, and then Milwaukee again. They need to circle those Cubs games and those Brewers games very heavily because those could be the difference between you sticking in this division and not. And I know we need to worry about every game on the schedule, blah, 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 whatever. But those are the games. Those games mean more. Like the individual day, it's literally basically two games in one. But I'm curious because looking up and down this Pittsburgh team and and seeing them this week in this series and – they look like a really complete team. I mean, the starting pitching is very good. The offense, I mean, even though it's scuffling in key situations, I think overall is is a pretty darn good offense. They just ran into some really good starting pitching by the Rangers. The bullpen is really solid. I mean, I would kill. I would kill to have this many relievers with that kind of stuff that I, I think you could trust. Um, so where, where would the Pirates even look to improve at the deadline? Do they just like kind of stand pat and... Hope they get some guys back healthy. I mean, eventually, hopefully, O'Neill Cruz comes back towards the end of the season. Um, but like, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of room for. I mean, maybe you upgrade at first base because it doesn't seem like Carlos Santana's been all that great this year. But like, he's been great defensively outside of the error that he had today, which is his big thing. Mm-hmm. But like, where does this team even prove? I mean, obviously, the Rangers are going to need to trade for a lot of bullpen help. But like, do, do the Pittsburgh are the Pittsburgh Pirates going to be big players? at the trade deadline or are they going to be like, yeah, we're kind of fine. We're doing our own thing. Cause I, I think this team can ride it out and win this division. Cause this, this is a legitimately deep team. Um, a lot of it's going to be internally. 
uh, Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez are the obvious names that yeah. you just have. I mean, at this point, I would bring them up now because the offense needs it badly. Um, Andy can play at different places. Henry Davis has played at right field uh, in the minor leagues a little bit and also plays catcher. Andy can play second, first base, and catcher. He can also play a little bit of outfield. He can play everywhere. Um, as far as the trade deadline goes, Charrington will probably, I think he'll attack it in a buy mildly, sell mildly way. Like he might go out and get like the, like a, a bat to help the offense, but he's not going to sell the farm on a guy. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to mm-hmm. go out and make like the big blockbuster move, like trading for Brent Rooker from the athletics or something like that. Or like, obviously show he's not going to come to Pittsburgh if he was on the trade block. Um, and then by selling low, I mean, like you're going to probably see Rich Hill get traded at some point. I believe he's only on a one year deal. You like what you're seeing from him, but this is just what they've done the last couple of years. You have Quintana, you have Anderson. Now you have you Hill. Sell, you sell one reliever, honestly, you sell like one. Reliever. They're, yeah. The market is going to be, crazy for relievers because i mean like yes, so is. many contending teams need them the braves need them the ranger team even the rays who mm-hmm. i thought like they're just a pitching factory even the rays need some help with their bullpen mm-hmm. so like you sell off one of these like you know jose jose hernandez or i don't call holderman or uh moretta like one of those guys will get it would be interesting how they attack tenny. it with uh moretta or um hernandez. i don't know how many years of the control of those guys those guys have so maybe Maybe whoever has like the least control, you you sell off that guy and get well, the other Well, what's more interesting around. is they did trade Kevin Newman for Veretta in the offseason, and Jose Hernandez was their Rule Five pick. So I don't know if you. That's could a trade heck a of a rule. Uh, that that's fair. I didn't realize he was a Rule Five pick. That that's yeah. a heck of a Rule Five pickup. I mean, geez. Yeah, and I mean, I could see them doing something like that with a Colin Holderman. Uh, Robert Stevenson is another guy I think that could be a potential trade-off candidate because we already got to see Cody Bolton at some point this year. He's a pretty good reliever that they've already debuted this season. Um, At some point, if you really want to, you can move Oviedo or Velasquez to the bullpen if you really want to, but I don't think it'll come to that right now. Um Realistically, where I think a lot of the Pirates improvements are going to be, as you mentioned, O'Neill Cruz, obviously his presence is missed. Obviously, he's a generational type of guy just with how he's built and how he plays a game of baseball. Then you look at Andy Rodriguez, switch hitting catcher, can play multiple positions. You look at Henry Davis. Anything other than Austin Hedges is going to be better than what they're fielding. I mean, Jason DeLay had a good game today. Hedges has done phenomenal defensively for the most part. He he allows a lot of stolen bases, but everybody allows a lot of stolen bases with the bigger bags this year. Um, So a lot of it will be internal improvement. You're also looking at the possibility way, way, way down the line with Quinn Priester. That would be like end of September with September call-ups kind of deal. I am going to monitor the Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez situation, though, because I think, again, that's how you improve internally without having to give up anything. And obviously, O'Neill Cruz coming back late August or mid-August is going to help things out, too. And for the Rangers, like you've mentioned a couple of times, I think just based from an outside perspective, maybe you add another bat for whatever reason, just because. I don't think you need to. Um, But bullpen, I think, is where you're going to do a lot of your damage trading-wise because – yeah, if you're the way you're speaking about the bullpen, that could be the difference between you guys beating out the Astros in the division and being a wild card team and having to play a best of three. 
Yeah, and it I think really is that scary. It really is because like the Rangers have been on a tear as of late, but the Astros, they even with all the injuries they've had, I mean, they have two pitchers that are, I mean, they have three, three of their like best four pitchers are out for a significant time or haven't pitched at all or are out for the season. And it just has, and even they're like corner infield bats have been terrible. I mean, Jose Abreu has been terrible for them. Alex Bregman has been very mid and Jordan Alvarez is of course still doing Jordan Alvarez things, but like the rest of their offense that was supposed to be all amazing, like just hasn't been the Rangers credit to them are like taking advantage and running as far away as they can with the division, which right now is just three games and having, even though they're off to the best start that they've had in like six, seven years. So they got to keep building. They cannot afford to be complacent. I mean, they're not going to need to add a bat. Whenever they get Mitch Garver back, people kind of forget about him existing um, because he's hurt so often. That'll be a huge addition. I mean, the offense is deep. It's talented. It's versatile. It's, it's literally just fix that freaking bullpen because those blown those blown games are really going to come back to bite you. If you don't have as big a lead as you should come you know august or september in the division yeah and the rangers went two out of three here i'm not sure if these teams see each other again i don't think they do i don't think so i think this is um because i know that like the way that the schedule is a little weird it's um i think some teams only play each other home one year away the next home one year away the next um yeah it does not appear that we play each other again because i think that's what we're also doing with the yep. Los Angeles Angels this year. Yep, that's it. I just scroll through the rest of the schedule. This is yep. this is it. This is all we get. So Bryce, go ahead and outline to the people what you got planned for the rest of the week, brother. Well, the rest of the week, uh, I guess it's just Friday. This will be my Thursday episode. I'll be talking about this weekend series against the Orioles, looking a little bit at the minor leagues and a little bit more of a big over- overview as we are nearly 50 games into the season for the Rangers. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ethan? What you got coming up for the folks listening to Locked On Pirates? Well, we'll have Craig Toff on Thursday, as we always do. We'll probably talk about some minor league stuff, take a look at the Seattle Mariners series, and then Mailbag Friday, new thing that we're starting here. So make sure you get your questions in for Mailbag Friday so I can answer them, and then we'll take a brief look at the Seattle Mariners series. By the way, follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked on Pirates. Follow Bryce at Bryce Patrick or at Locked on Rangers. I believe it's LO underscore Rangers. Nope. It's just at Locked on Rangers. I got the initial one. That would be the other. Cool. So he got the initial one because we know that the uh, New York Rangers also exist. So, and the Queens Park Rangers, if you're a soccer fan, but I don't think we have a Queens Park Rangers locked on podcast. No, I think, I think no, none of that. I don't think that'll ever happen. But guys, thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day, depending on when you listen to this, either morning, afternoon, or night. We don't know when you listen to these, but we're appreciative of that you do anyways. Guys, thank you so much. Have an awesome day. My name is Ethan. That's Bryce. We'll see you guys on the flip side.